Welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. My name is Andy Neary. Each week, I sit down with abundant thinkers who are kicking ass in life. And we deconstruct the formulas they have used to have success in business and in life to help you unpack your life, your business, so you can do the same. So put a smile on, grab a pen and a paper, get ready to take a ton of notes because you, my friend, are about to go on a wild ride. Here we go. Hey, welcome back to Bullpen Sessions. This week, I'm excited to sit down with Ryan Miller. Uh, Ryan's a friend of mine. Ryan, I've known, Ryan and I have known each other for quite some time. He is a uh, business coach to high-performing business leaders who are looking to align all areas of their life so they can live authentically without compromise. Ryan and I have a lot of uh, things in common. We're both business coaches. He also comes from the health insurance industry like I do. And he's just full of energy. As I always say, one, one box that has to be checked in order for you to be on the bullpen sessions podcast is you have to think abundantly. And Ryan is one of those guys. So we talk so many things mindset throughout this episode because Ryan's life has been uh, quite a fascinating journey. He has a lot of stories he's going to share that are going to teach you some uh, some good lessons. You see, Ryan's not only a business coach, he owns several other businesses, and he's also a pastor. Yes, he is a pastor at a church while owning multiple different businesses. So this is a busy man. We talk about time management, things you can do to make sure you are getting so much done in, in a short amount of time. And Ryan's going to share some experiences he has had in life that have had a profound effect on who he is today. One mainly is uh, experience that happened on October 1st, 2017. You see, Ryan was one of the many that was at Route 91, the Route 91 concerts in Las Vegas when those tragic shootings occurred. And so Ryan's going to share his experience there uh, and how that experience has altered his life ever since and has really paved the way for the coach he has become today. Uh, so get ready for this episode. Again, this is exciting. I always love the chance to get to talk to other coaches who are helping business professionals just like I am. So there's a lot of energy here and I think you're going to take a lot of good notes and learn a lot of good things. Also, I would urge you to do me a favor, text me at 414-622-1462. That's 414-622-1462. I want you to join my text community. I'm sharing a lot of free coaching, a lot of free videos, uh, a lot of book recommendations of books you could be reading right now to work on your mindset, work on your daily habits. All you got to do is again, text 414-622-1462 and just text the word mindset and you'll get ad and you'll get all that free content. So, all right, let's dive into this episode with Ryan Miller. Shift your mindset. Ryan Miller, thanks for joining Bullpen Sessions, man. How are you? I am dandy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where does this fine day find you today? Where where in where in the world is Ryan Miller? Oh, man. I'm in a tainted office, right? I just told you. So um, I office in Southern California in the city of Brea, which is pretty cool. It's actually about five minutes from my house, maybe three. Uh, so my commute is super duper short. I do office uh, here almost every day uh, just because uh, it's just good to, to, to go somewhere else, kind of plug in and, and do what I need to do. I say tainted because I shared with you offline, right? Someone broke into our office last night, literally either a large screwdriver or a crowbar through the main door, then broke into my office, stole like a $700 camera. And, you know, it's just frustration. But you know, it's kind of funny because I, I had to jump on a coaching call 
uh, and the police had just left. And um, I'm like, dude, th this is life, right? Like, I, I can't control this. Like, there, there's nothing, I, I didn't, I had nothing to do with that. Like, I, I either could be pissed off, uh, like nobody was hurt, there was no massive tragedy. So I'm like, screw it. Like, I just, I, I'm out 700 bucks. I can replace that. I got to get over it and just move on. And so it's just putting to practice what we're preaching all mm -hmm. the time, right? I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's a really good point, especially to nowadays, right? It's easy to, to get immediately pissed off or put this negative perspective on everything. But you, that's a really good perspective shift that to put yeah. this back. Like, it is money. It sucks. It's a nice piece yeah. of equipment, but it can, re it can be replaced. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. So let's start right here, Ryan. Um, if you, if you don't know who Ryan is, go check him out. It's ryanjamesmiller.com. For the people who don't know who Ryan Miller is, Ryan, why don't you to fill him in? Tell us a little bit about the Ryan Miller we are seeing today. Yeah, so definitely, um, you know, a, a, a reformed and refined uh, version of who I once was. And so I was an athlete. Uh, through high school, I played uh, basketball and baseball. I was much better a basketball player than I was a baseball player, but I was I was decent. Um, probably could have got a an opportunity to play basketball somewhere locally here. Uh, going into college, I was a good student, uh, but then my junior second half of my junior year, I got caught up in a bad crowd. I uh, got into drugs and alcohol, a lot of fighting, um, and so that kind of set me off on a on a different path. Um, along the way, I ended up uh, getting a job in a warehouse of a, just after high school, uh, of a, a manufacturing company for uh, high-end wheels for cars. And I was very passionate about cars at the time. That was, uh, I think I was 20. And uh, I was like six months in, dirty every single day. Like I, I hated just sweating and just the dust from the warehouse and inventorying wheels. And I saw these clean people inside the office and I was like, I want that job. So I went to the CEO at the time and I said, hey, I said, I want a sales job. He's like, nope, no openings. And I'm like, when an opening up uh, opens up, like I want it. And so a few months later, he gave me a shot at that. Uh, and that started my sales career, mm -hmm. which I spent uh, across two different companies, three different companies. I spent about six or seven years in that industry, but I learned a lot. So I, uh, uh, one of the companies we launched a line. And so I learned about manufacturing distribution, uh, just so much internationally and uh, nationally here in the States. So that was a great learning experience. Went on to work for, uh, left that industry, went to work uh, in the document management and print industry. So that was like old school blueprints turned black and white prints and then digital documents for construction. Uh, that industry got beat up in the 2008 recession. Obviously, I got laid off of that job in 2011 um, as their top earning salesperson. And so that's when I went into business for myself, uh, which was coaching, consulting, and sales training. And really that was out of the um, uh, kind of desire to teach sales, which I loved. Uh, the desire to be in front, which is what I always thought I wanted to do, and a following that I had for this man who was crazy enough and still connected to this day, who was a corporate sales trainer. And I just loved his Zen vibe and how he could get people to do things that he wanted them to do. And I'm like, I just, I want to be like that guy. So that sent me off into that. Uh, that was 2011. Uh, and then uh, 2015, went to work for a client uh, in the health insurance world. Uh, that's how you and I ended up mm -hmm. getting connected. 2018, 17, 2017, my world blew up. 
2018, I resigned that job. And uh, in a nutshell, here I am two years later, two, two and a half years later, back in the swing of consulting, coaching, training. And then I operate a couple of other businesses. Uh, and for the first time in my life, uh, literally doing everything that I love. And rarely do I find a moment that I am discouraged or disappointed with the life I'm living, which is pretty crazy to say. Yeah, man, and we're going to get into that. And we're going to get into the multiple. I think what you quickly learn about Ryan is he's a multifaceted guy. And I think <laughs> what, what I don't want to go unnoticed, though, in your story, just in sharing your story with us, Ryan, is at the time you made a big job change or a career change, basically, was you were working out on the warehouse floor which is dusty, yeah. dirty, you didn't want that life anymore. And it's so easy for people to be like, well, that's all I know, so that's all I'm gonna do. You took it upon yourself to go up to where the clean people dress yeah. <laughs> and said, I want a sales job. And you were, you were adamant about it, you were convicted about it, and there you were, you got the job, and look where it's led you. Very easily, yeah. could you say that you could still be on that warehouse floor right now? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, uh, you know, in theory, absolutely. You know, I think that for me back then, I mean, definitely, you know, I was 20. I didn't know yeah. my ass from a hole in the ground, right? Like I just, you know, I, I, I didn't really know yeah. much. Um, that was just clean and partying, uh, you know, and, and supported my partying. Um, you know, I think that it, it took me a lot longer in life to really understand that I needed to go after what I really wanted and to figure out how to ask for that in an appropriate way versus just like a cocky, I deserve this or I'm good enough. And so I just think that took some time to kind of go through that process. Well, and I, one, one thing I do want to talk about, because I think you're one of the best I've seen at this, and especially in sales, people feel like they've got to be in, unflappable, right? They've got to have this shield of armor. And you are so good at sharing and showing vulnerability, which so many people are afraid to show let's be honest in your opinion Ryan what does being vulnerable just being human do for somebody in sales yeah so let me let me backtrack on that because I think you bring up something that it's so funny like sometimes people ask me questions and it brings back memories that I've never talked about publicly and not that these are all like profound things but I'll never forget I was working for that large publicly traded company so this is somewhere between 2006 and 2011 and we were growing so fast. And so we had a team of about 25 people in our division. We were in a sales meeting and the CEO at the time, he was a new guy coming in just as we went public. And he was hammering people to articulate their elevator pitch tightly, concisely, and right, just like all dialed in. And people were stumbling left and right. And so at that time, I took it upon myself to get really good at articulating clearly and concisely what it is I did and what value I provided, right? So I think there's a, there's a necessity to professionalism that that ingrained in me. But something that I didn't learn until years later, and this brings up what you said, is sometimes, and I feel like oftentimes, we end up using that professionally packaged um, uh, message to mask who we really are. And so I think that just through a lot of hurt, a lot of failure, a lot of struggle, uh, tragedy, I just began to learn um, that I, me, it was more important to be me than it was to be polished. All the while, I needed to be the best version, right? The polished mm -hmm. version of me. And so I just started 
getting into my heart. And it sounds like these are things that a lot of people say, and sometimes it sounds cheesy. Other times it just sounds like the thing to say today, but I just really had to tap into who I was and speak from a place of belief. And so I do my best to only and always speak from what I believe in versus what the right thing to say is, or just the thing of the day is to say. And so I think that's what's been the most important to me is kind of connecting all those dots along the way of experience to get to a place where it's like, I'm just gonna come out and say what I believe should be said. And I can't go wrong then, right? Like I may say the wrong thing, but it's not gonna be wrong for me to say because it's what's coming from my heart. Well, it kind of applies to social media, right? If you're posting from the heart and not for the metrics, can, yeah. you, ever, can you ever really say anything wrong? And no. I think I heard Gary Vee say this one time. He said, you know, people often come to him and say, Gary, you only talk like, you only talk about 10 or 12 things. And he's like, because I only talk about what I believe in. Yeah. I'm not going to say what you want to hear. I'm not going to say the, the current hashtag of the moment just to get attention. I'm only going to talk about what I truly believe in. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I have, um, I know we're jumping all around, but so I'm working uh, with this team of people right now that uh, is getting ready to launch this a pretty uh, large scale, very involved uh, academy. And, you know, so one of the things that they're trying to do is get me to articulate value, right? Like what's the metric? And so when we started out, and this has been months now, uh, my ultimate goal is to get people to a place of happiness. And these guys were like, you can't do that, right? There's like no metric for that. And I said, look, you guys, you're gonna learn from me very quickly that I don't care. Like, I just have to know, I have to go to where I want to go. And it's not because I'm right. It's not because I know it all, but it's belief. And so I was like, I believe that at the end of the day, people want to be happy. And so that's where I'm going to go. And so I've been saying it over and over. And now months later, these guys are like, now I get it. Now I see why you're so sold out on it. And now we can see why it works. So yeah, I mean, like you've got to just speak from you and continue to speak those things. I want, you to, I want you to dive into what you just said, though, because I, I think if I know you well enough, so many people in the sales world, right, are stuck, stuck right in. Every goal has to be exactly measurable. It has to be an exact number, whether it's revenue, number of new clients, whatever it is. You kind of think differently. You think it's not always about setting these hardcore structured goals. Tell us a little bit about your theories or philosophies on goal setting. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So, uh, 2000, end of 2018 going into 2019, um, I was kind of at a place where I was just, I don't want to say frustrated, but I was just done setting goals. I mean, I had been 20 years in a professional environment and I had set goals, achieved a lot of them. Not like that. I'm just some wildly successful person, but I just, I had been really good about setting really good goals, achieving them, winning awards. And so for all those things that I had achieved, it was awesome. What's the next one? And so it was just like this cycle. And then for the few that I would miss, one of two things happened. Either I would condemn myself for missing the goal, or I would be like, okay, whatever, just I'll, I'll set a new goal and, and try again. And so None of it was producing what I felt was the right outcome for myself, which was, I just want to be fulfilled doing whatever it is I'm doing, though those goals can kind of provide the fulfillment. So 2019, I didn't set a goal, literally not one, nothing, nada. And I finished 2019, the most financially successful hmm. and the most fulfilled and happy I had ever been. So 
I did what Ryan always does, which was I'm like, I'm going to start talking about this. And so I started kind of poo-pooing on the idea of goals. And that, you know, it's provocative. So it's kind of fun, but it doesn't always go very well. And so now today what I say is this, which is I think goals are super helpful for people that don't have structure, mm. that need an end in mind. And by the way, now here we are mid-2020, late 2020, and I have some goals. But, but my goals are seven years out. 20, uh, so when I turn 50, so I'm 42 right now, so when I turn 50 is what my goals are tied to. And there's some reasons for that. But what I've found is, is that when I'm not tied to a goal, when I'm not tied to a number, and instead I focus on understanding who I am, creating a life around who I am, as well as who I want to become, my belief is that that will help me to live the best version of myself, ultimately meaning if I make eight figures or seven or six, then great. If I make $10,000 next year, then that's okay too. If I have a beautiful home, awesome. If I don't, no big deal. If my business burns tomorrow, but I was happily doing it, then that's great too. And so that for me has been so important is just again to go back to this place of like, what is it you really want? Because even for people that are very focused on goals, it's never the goal. It's what that goal produces, right? That goal is just a means to an end. And typically that end is some form of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think number one, if people are, you're constantly chasing goals, one, you're most likely not enjoying the journey, right? And you think the, the only time you can celebrate is when you actually achieve this, the, the goal. And the other thing I think you said that's so important is it's advice I got my, from my own coach. You know, if you have this goal that, you're, you, that you have your eyes set on, become the person today that needs to hit that, would hit that goal. Don't wait until you hit that goal to become that person. I think so many people are in that when I syndrome, when yeah. I achieve this, when I hit this goal, then I will. No, 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 no. Become that person today. Step into that person today. Yeah. And the, yeah. the, the goal will naturally achieve itself. Yeah, I say, like with my clients, I either say, you know, be who you want to become or behave as if. And, and the challenge there sometimes is people, because again, our goals are very metric and material driven, which again, that, that can be fine. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not damaging those ideas. But when we do that, and then so then being what I become means I'm going to buy the house before I can afford it or I'm gonna wear the custom suit before I can afford it. That may be part of it, but it's probably not. What it means is, and, and this is where we have a hard time defining, is what are the characteristics of somebody that runs a successful business or is a high-earning salesperson or a high-achieving salesperson? What does that person act like? And that's when we get into like, they're probably disciplined. They're probably habitual in positive ways. They've got good rhythms to life. They provide value. You know, like it's all these things that, that become the characteristics versus uh, the stuff. Yeah, no, and I want to ask you, you know, you're, you're a very disciplined uh, guy yourself. Uh, that's where you and I think are very alike. Walk us through your daily habits. You know, you've, you've had success in sales. You're now coaching people uh, to be successful in sales. That requires daily habits, right? That requires doing the monotonous, boring crap most people don't want to do day in and day out. But I know daily habits plays a big role in your life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so um, they've, they've changed a lot, uh, really, through the pandemic. And I guess um, in the beginning, I was kind of concerned. And then I decided to test it on myself and see what happened. So um, previous to the pandemic, I had responsibilities pretty early in the morning, as well as East Coast clients that were driving a lot of like early mornings for a West Coast person. So I was up at five. I would uh, wake up. I would pray. I would read my Bible. Then I would read a book. And then I would go to the gym. And all of that was before I touched my phone, social media, anything like that. Uh, go to the gym for an hour, get done, shower, change, drop a kid off at school, and go to my client who I had an in-person client at that time. Bunch of stuff changed. And so here's what happens now. And this is what I love about this. is It's still super structured to me, but some people are like, what the hell? So um, three days a week, I am in the gym at 8 o'clock. Uh, the other two days a week, three days a week, I'm in the gym at four o'clock in the afternoon. So that drives a little bit of my morning. But what I do now is, is I'm intentional about getting to bed by 10 o'clock at night. And I allow myself to naturally wake up in the morning, which typically ranges between 6.30 in the morning and about 7.15 at the very latest. Once I get up, I then go through that same morning routine just at a different time of pray, read my Bible, read a book um, before I do anything else that's going to mess with my head. And then if I go to the gym, I go to the gym. If not, I go into my office. What I've also done is, is because I know that there is time that I want for myself, which is in the morning, as well as some structured time in the afternoon, I have recently adopted a 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. work schedule, meaning that I only will certainly with there's some exceptions obviously but i will only serve clients so take a coaching call teach a workshop from 10 a.m pacific time to 3 p.m pacific time which means east coast clients have to bear with the fact that they can't work with me until after lunch and there's some risk there but i wanted the mornings to freely get up to do my thing or to come into the office this morning i was here at eight to be creative to do some content stuff in the afternoon times, I either want to go home with my kids or I want to do some more creativity. Uh, you know, so I've just I've more confined my schedule to make sure that I have again this idea of freedom, this freedom to do the things I want to do. Because now I know I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to read every single day. I'm journaling every single morning. I'm using an app right now to meditate twice a day every single day. So it's like I'm doing the things, but that's only because I've already set the foundation. I wouldn't recommend it for people that don't have that yet. Well, and here's what I, I come to learn over time. I see people wear the badge of like get up at four o'clock in the morning, like some code of honor. And I used to be that right. way. Amy and I still yeah. get up really early. But what I've come to realize is I don't care what time I get up, whether it's 4, 4.30, 5.30, 6 o'clock. It's how you control your morning to yep. put your mind in the best place it can be that's going to naturally create the, the outlook of your day and the productivity of your day. Now, yep. you just said something I want people to hear. You have designed your business around your life. So, number one, that's awesome. Number two, your work day is 10 to 3 a.m. Let me do the – or 10 to 3 p.m. Let me do the math. That's only five hours, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, what does that force you to do in those five hours to make sure you're super productive? Yeah, so I have to really hustle. Uh, my calendar is completely blocked out, including, by the way, at least a 45-minute lunch every single day. Sometimes that's working with somebody through my lunch, but I, I usually leave the office for at least 45 minutes a day. 
but I'm super structured during that time and very intentional with what I need to do, what's in front of me. Also, and again, people can't always do this, but I've, I was fortunate enough in June, June, July, to hire an assistant full time. She's actually like live. She comes into the office sometimes. She works at home sometimes. So I'm doing that as well. So again, so I, I'm allowing myself to get to this place, taking some risks. It costs me some money to do that, but I don't really want to part with. Um, but that allows me to do that. So again, it's got to be structure and intentionality. And you've got to have some other things in place because not everybody can do that. And I understand that. Yeah. And I, and I understood too, but I really believe if you're able to control your mornings and you're, you're able to really laser in on your pro, uh, your priorities every single day, yep. that's what allows you to take what normally might be an eight, nine, 10 hour workday for oh. you and, and turn it into five or six. Because yo, I mean, we all know this, right? Like this, this, this is not like an attack. This is just the reality. Nobody. If, if you're quote unquote working from seven to six at night, you're not working that whole time. And so just cut the inefficiency out of the middle and tighten yeah. up your day. And, and I still have, like, I take breaks. Like I, I have this uh, mindless time, I call it. So in addition to the meditation time, which is five minutes twice a day during my day, which is 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., um, I play this game Golf Flash on my phone, like a stupid game. But like, I just need to check out sometimes and yeah. not think about anything for a couple yeah. of minutes. And so I do that too, right? It's not like I have to be militant about work, 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 work. Like I want to enjoy my life because dude, if I die tomorrow, I don't want to have wasted my life doing nothing but working, even though I love working. Absolutely. And we're going to get into your, some big pivots and some big events you had in your personal life. But one last tip I want you to provide the audience here, because it is a lot of people who are in sales, right? Virtual selling has been difficult for people working from home. You've got kids at home. What are one or two pieces of advice you throw out there right now for somebody who might be finding themselves in a different sales environment than they're used to? They're struggling. They're unhappy. What, what advice would you give them? Yeah. So the first thing that I would say is that it's time for some self-awareness checking um, because I believe, and again, I don't mean to offend people, but uh, people weren't as successful. Uh, they, they weren't as um, in control of the success that they, that they have lived in for the last 10 years. Like this economy has been pretty easy to make mm -hmm. money and be successful in. And so now that things have gotten really hard, they don't have the practical tools necessary to, to even begin. So I think you've got to admit that. And I think we all have a sense of that. Every single person has been exposed in some way, shape, or form. So that's number one. Number two, instill in self-awareness is like, what are you good at? What, what do you really need to be focused on? If you're struggling, is it because um, you're not picking up the phone enough? But do you love to? Then do that. Like, it, are you struggling because you're not even reaching out to people, but you, you would love to like face to face, figure out a way to do that. So I think that's a big part of it is like understanding, being honest first, and then understanding what is it that I really want to and love to do and finding ways to connect that to producing those outcomes. Because if not, um, then you're just going to be spinning your wheels, trying a whole bunch of stuff that everybody else is doing. And it probably doesn't work for you. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I've talked, I can't talk, tell you how many insurance advisors, you know, you and I come from the insurance space lately that are struggling. 
And it's yep. that lack of discipline. It's that lack yep. of daily habits. And they're getting away from the things that may have made them successful when things were easy, as you, yep. as you mentioned. And I think it's really slapping them in the face right now. Yeah, and no, so, absolutely. Now, the Ryan we know right now in 2020, super disciplined, daily habits. Was Ryan always that way? Or I feel like, you know, I, I want to go back to when you were working full time for that insurance agency in California. If I recall, you you took that agency from what three to ten million dollars. Uh, they had they had some decent growth during the time I was there. I mean, it definitely wasn't yeah. all my my responsibility, but no, they about doubled. So from about two and a half, almost three million to about six million. Six million. So massive growth there. growth regardless. But yep. then there was an event in your life that happened, and I think that really changed everything for you. A lot of people remember the tragic events of of the Route sixty six concert in Las Vegas. And you were unfortunately in the crowd. If you don't mind sharing, um, you were there. You don't have to take us through the moments, but really talk us through like what that, how that impacted your life, and how it shaped the person you are today. Because I think right now a lot of people are going through hard times, Ryan. Not that hard, but hard. And I think they're trying to figure out how is this going to define me moving forward. And you've gone through that evolution. And, and I've seen it and it's powerful. So why don't you walk us through that? Yeah. So, you know, for, I don't know, five years, at least before that, I was disciplined. I was habitual. I was reasonably successful. Like I, I had done fairly well. And um, so uh, I went to work for that insurance broker in 2015, a middle of the year. I had been consulting with them for about nine months and then they offered me to come on full time. Actually didn't really want to take the job because my business was doing well. I was only working three days a week at the time because I'm also a pastor of a church. And so two days a week I was doing some stuff for church. Um, and so I'm like, I don't want a full-time job, but they kept pushing great leadership, just good people all the way around. And they had a crazy vision long-term and I'm like, okay, I think I can get on board with this. So anyway, so I started 2015. So then end of 2016, um, we lost our top salesperson, uh, the first week of October. And then the third week of October, my counterpart, so I was the uh, director of sales and marketing, uh, director of client service uh, the third week of October, she committed suicide uh, at 30 years old. And we watched that deterioration happen and just, it was a horrific, horrific season that ended with that. And so when that happened, that really changed the dynamic of leadership to some degree. Um, so then rolling into 2017, um, we went through a merge from a small regional firm to we joined together with 23 other firms across the country to become this national insurance brokerage, which was great in a lot of ways, but it always creates challenges as well. So 2017 was challenging. Then October 1st, 2017, my wife and I and five of our friends were in Vegas at Route 91 when the mass shooting took place. Um, one of our best friends who I was standing shoulder to shoulder with that night, she was one of the 58 that was killed. Um, and, uh, so just obviously, you know, that does a lot just, you know, to devastate, you know, you as a person. And about three weeks later, I went back to work and I was sitting in my office, beautiful office window, looking out at Newport beach. And I said to myself, what in the hell are you doing with your life? And it was just so crazy because it's like, I knew I was disciplined. I was habitual. I was goal driven. I was successful. I had a great family life at home, wife and two kids and like friends and all this stuff. 
but it was a profound statement. And what I began to realize, so from that moment for seven months up until May of 2018, was I had shaped my life based upon what I thought I wanted out of life. And that was influenced by everything from what my parents kind of told me, what society had told me, what I thought I was, you know, what would, was going to make me look good and feel good. And it wasn't ill-intended. It was just, that was kind of what was there. But what I was missing was the one thing that was going to really drive me to be the best. And that was to tap into that passion inside. Like, and so seven months, with my executive coach at the time, who was an 84-year-old man. He was an amazing person helping lead me through this, my wife, a couple of friends. And I ended up just deciding that like, I needed more out of life, but not necessarily, though I wanted to make more money and you know, whatever, have, have stuff. Like I want that too, but I just, I needed to more deeply connect with what I was doing. Like what was going to get me out of bed, excite me and allow me to step through all this stuff. But here's the crazy thing, Andy. And like, I, I know this is a long story, but about uh, three months after I resigned. So that was May, June, July, August ish. People started saying, Hey, you should, you should write a book. Like you tell good stories. You went through this tragic event. I had applied to, to speak at TEDx and got declined, but they're like, you know, there's just so many things that, you know, you could tell other people. And so I was struggling, but fast forward, like I decided, okay, I'm going to start putting pen to paper and write this book. So I start writing and I ended up re realizing something so crazy, which was, Though Route 91 for me was this massive tragedy, that wasn't the first time that I had experienced something so devastating in my life. Like that was the worst, but my parents divorced when I was six and it was brutally devastating to me as a young boy and all the way through my upbringing, still to today, I wear some of those scars. Along in high school, some of the trouble I got into and the fights that I got into on to, I married my best friend and four and a half years into our marriage, like we almost got divorced. I was also caught up in gambling and, uh, and the last year that I gambled, um, like for real, for real, I lost like $60,000 in a year gambling. And so like all of these moments that in, in seasons of life that I was experiencing all this hardship, all this struggle, all of these things. And all along the way, I was going, I was getting past them and I was putting them away. I wasn't learning from them. I wasn't applying the things that I learned. Like how in the hell could I almost like walk away from my marriage after my dad walked away from us at six? And so that's when I finally came to realize. And it really took me all the way to probably the end of 2018 or the beginning of 2019 to say like, Every moment in my life, every moment in every person's life, it doesn't require some massive event. Every moment is helping to shape us into the person, mm. not only that we are, but ultimately the person that we are created to become. And wherever you believe that we're created and what, how that comes, I believe we're here. We have a purpose. We need to figure that out and live that out. But if you don't take every connection point along the way, to live your best life, to help other people live theirs, you are missing probably the greatest gift that this life can give. I couldn't agree more, man. And and I always say to be on this on this show, you have to think abundantly. And you are definitely one of those folks. And 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 to prove the point, 
for those who don't know Ryan, we actually coach very similar uh, information. We have similar, you know, we go after very similar clients where some people would be like, man, why would you have somebody who goes after the same clientele on your podcast? Because there's enough to go around people. And so Ryan, let's talk about your business. Tell us what you're doing today with the, the, with, with the coaching and the sales coaching you're providing to both health insurance advisors and non-insurance advisors. Yeah. So, uh, the, Pandemic, though, um, it created some challenges for, for some areas of my business. Um, I am about 95% invested of my own time uh, into coaching in one-on-one uh, and group settings. So one-on-one coaching I do to a couple of higher-performing salespeople as well as C-level executives and some entrepreneurs that are in more of like a mid-stage of their business, kind of past the launch phase. Uh, and I'm helping them to align all areas of their life. So personally, professionally, and all the things they're investing into, I'm trying to help them align all of those things so they can live that true authentic version of themselves without compromising their character, nor all the things that they're chasing, right? Because they have really big goals. Mm -hmm. So that's on the individual side. And then from a group perspective, um, I do some stuff in the uh, health insurance world. So I'm working uh, with a second group of people right now. Uh, One is a group of eight, another is a group of nine, taking them through the process of um, really uh, producing more consistent revenue for themselves but that's that is the similar arc of like get to know yourself figure out how to become the best version of that and then here's the practical tools to go work that out so i do that um i also i do own a business uh, in the insurance uh, non-insurance world so i partnered with sidera health uh, which is a medical cost sharing organization uh, along with some direct primary care doctors around the country to offer medical cost sharing to individuals and small businesses. So I do that. Um, and then I have another business in the consulting world uh, that has been reasonably good to me, but it's taken a lot of investment. But to those two businesses, the health sharing uh, and the other consulting business, what I've done over the last year is offload more of my time uh, to other people to help me do that. So I've hired other people mm. to help drive a lot of that because I can't afford to not serve my clients, even though if I put more time into some of those other things, I'd probably make way more money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you just kind of relaunched or just launched a new brand, didn't you? Uh, called, uh, let's call it the BA brand. Oh yeah. So, you know, um, you know, a lot of people have, you know, known me for, and I've spoken a lot about being authentic and, and that's more than like me, even though I want to be, I say an open book with many torn pages, I'm trying to give people permission to be themselves. Um, so along the way, my wife and I were sitting around, I think it was my wife and I, and we just thought of this like, Hey, be authentic. And so people are like, well, is that your brand? Is that your company? I'm like, it's just kind of this thing that I want people to remind themselves of. And so, you know, I made hats and shirts and um, just had a lot of fun with it. And then my podcast is Authentic Conversations and my vlog is a living a life of authenticity. So it really is wrapped up in this idea of authenticity. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just been a fun way. And um, I love being able to give people stuff and see them, you know, repping it in other places. So it's been pretty cool. So what is it? Let's wrap it up here. What does authenticity mean to you? Yeah. So, I mean, it really comes back to talk about like saying the same thing over and over again. And people are like, dude, say something different. I mean, to me, it really is. You have to first know your true self. 
once you do that, you just have to live that out. But that means speaking it, that means acting it and representing it in every facet of your life. Because if I am authentically Ryan uh, with my clients, but I'm asshole Ryan to my wife, then that's not consistent. And I'm a liar in every single area. So that to me is so important. It's you have to understand who you are and then live that across every facet of your life to the best of your ability. And I'm going to struggle. We're going to struggle with it. But to me, it's just, it's so important for me, but also that's a gift that I can give to other people with the little bit of influence that I've been given is to say, Hey, just be you. And that's enough. And that's okay. And especially on social media, just be you. Well, Ryan, if somebody wanted to reach out and connect with you, what's, uh, what's the easiest way to do that? Yeah. So uh, my website, ryanjamesmiller.com, you can find the blog and the podcast there. I've been having a lot of fun with the blog lately. Um, and then uh, beyond that LinkedIn, that's Ryan James Miller. Uh, and so, yeah, you can find me there. Uh, anywhere else, good social media is found. You can find all the links on the site. Though. And I'll put all Ryan's links in the, the show notes as well. Well, the reason, Ryan, I want to thank you for, for being on the episode today. Uh, the reason I wanted to have you on is I think, especially when it comes to selling today, a lot has changed. It is about vulnerability. It's about being authentic. And, and I see a lot of sales professionals out there who almost feel like they have to be somebody else to win business or they feel like they'll, I'll say anything, I'll do anything just to get a piece of business. And that's, that's not how business is won today. I like to say humans buy from humans. They do not buy from logos on business cards. So just be you, just be human. That's why I love your be authentic brand is that's what it's about today. It's okay to open the jacket and be vulnerable. It's okay to share weaknesses because yep. that's what people want to see these days. So, Ryan, one more time, thank you again. Thanks, man. Appreciate it so much. And, and for you guys listening out there, remember, clarity and confidence collide, action happens. So go make it happen today. Hey, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you're finding bullpen sessions to be valuable to your business and your life, do me a favor. Please go to Apple. Please subscribe. Give it a five-star rating. And if you have anybody else in your life, whether it's in your personal tribe or in your business that could also be impacted by listening to these episodes, do me a favor. Share the bullpen sessions with them. I'd be extremely grateful. And until next time, go out, make it happen today. Put a smile on your face and have some fun.